You're listening to episode number 14 of the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am your host, Evie Rupp, and today I am so excited to be bringing you an episode all about kicking booty as a mom and a businesswoman. But before we dive into the content, I wanted to reread our review of the week. Freaking wow, guys. Okay, so Sarah, she wrote, Lindsay and Evie are literal rock stars of the business world. They take on entrepreneurship with class, determination, a love for Christ, and a heart for their clients. These two are incredible humans. If you don't know who they are, press play and then head to their websites and Instagrams. They are relatable, down-to-earth, and talented beyond belief. This podcast is for you. They seek to serve creatives, businessmen and women, and anyone who wants to learn about so much. Click play now. You won't regret it. Sarah, thank you so freaking much. This literally rocked my socks off. I genuinely don't have words for this kind of love. Like, holy cow. I am so thankful. But also, I'm so appreciative that my Hot Mess Express uh, is, like, relatable. I appreciate that. (laughs) Anyway, guys, these reviews are so huge. They seriously make such a difference. So if you haven't already, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It means the world. And we love you guys so much. Anyways, today I have a freaking huge guest. She is a badass mother and businesswoman. And today she's diving into the balance of the two. I'm talking about the one, the only, the I can't believe I got her on this podcast, Lindsay Roman. That's right. (laughs) All jokes aside, today Lindsay and I are sitting down for a raw and real heart-to-heart chat about motherhood and having a career. Lindsay breaks down her journey of never wanting to have kids to wanting all the babies, (laughs) balancing how to prioritize your kids while also running a business, maternity leave, and breastfeeding as a busy entrepreneur, traveling with kids, mom shaming, and so much more. Guys, I know she's my best friend and I am mega biased, but this episode is raw gold. Linz breaks down her journey in such a real, raw, and inspiring way that I can't wait for you to dive on in. So let's not waste another second. Let's freaking go. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. It is so fabulous to be here, guys. I'm I'm so so glad to be exposed to your audience. This is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I know you're probably new for a lot of our listeners. So why don't you go ahead and tell us like a little bit about your backstory, but specifically in relation to kids and motherhood and your career and all that jazz. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so fun to be here. I was able to squeeze this interview in between batch recording um, a bunch of other podcast episodes. So that's that's really fun. I love that you made time for it. (laughs) Okay, but real quick, guys. Seriously. (laughs) Um, Really, do can you give us some backstory, like in relation to having kids and motherhood and your career? Like, talk to us a little bit about that. 
For sure. Yeah. So guys, um, obviously we were being hams, but uh, we wanted to make this episode for you guys um, because of this is a question that we get asked a ton. And since um, Evie is not a mom quite yet, we're going to be taking the role of she's going to interview me more or less um, about just motherhood and career and a little bit of my story. So we're diving deep into all of that. So my backstory as it pertains to motherhood exactly is growing up, I was an only child. And I think that actually plays a huge role into kind of my mindset, just because I was an only child. I never babysat. Literally, like I just was never really exposed to kids. And so that also made me kind of independent growing up like as an only child. And so as I kind of like developed as a teenager and everything, like I... I think my personality, I, I have always probably been an Enneagram type three, which is like the achiever, like performer, the ham, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think just like knowing the Enneagram now, like that plays so much into who I was and who I still am, just that performance driven person. And growing up, I always, I would, I think this is so bad, but I would look at like other people, especially like people in my like town and like they would like graduate and then like never go off someplace. They would just never go anywhere. And I always was was like, oh, I don't want to be that. I want to be the girl that goes off and like makes it big and like has her life mean something. And like that was always kind of what I told myself of like, I want to be successful. I And I always equated that to, oh, the people that like stay in their hometown and don't do anything are the people that have children. Like that's, mm. and even though that's not necessarily true, that's always the lie like that I kept believing and just like kind of fed myself was that, oh, in order to like go off and make it big or go to Hollywood or like make my life meaningful in any way, shape or form, I can't have kids because I have to focus on my career. Like that's literally what I believed growing up. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, for a while, I didn't think that was a negative thing because like, again, like there's people out there that truly don't want kids and there's nothing wrong with that. And so like, hear me when I'm saying like this story of like, I, I'm not judging that frame of mind. I'm judging the way that I was thinking about it because it wasn't like truthful. It was, it was like, I was believing a lie in that sense. Um, but if you truly are out there listening and you don't want kids, like absolutely, totally you do you boo. Um, <laughs> But I would believe that, or I just believed that for so long. And um, when I first started dating Andrew, I remember, I think it was our first or second date. We literally, we were in this tree. We were tree, like we were in a park and we had climbed a tree. It was a beautiful moment. Take me back here. No. And uh, we were in the tree and we were talking about kids. Like, cause that's a good relationship thing to do to like talk about how many kids you want, like on your first date. That's very mature. Um <laughs> And we were talking and he was like, how many kids do you want? And I, I was being like, like low key dramatic, which like in classic Lindsay fashion, I was, but I was like, oh, I want zero. And he was like, oh, okay. I want like 10. And I was like, yikes, <laughs> we're going to figure that out. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a little bit of a rough start. I mean, obviously <laughs> I think we both knew we were being like a little bit dramatic on like both of our ends, but still we were like, mm, okay, we're going to have to figure that out. And I think in the back of my mind, I always knew that I was obviously being melodramatic when I said I wanted zero. Um, because at the same time, like if you would have asked me, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Like this image always, I would always go to this image and it would always be something like, I see myself like married with a husband and I, with kids. And I Literally, the image that I would always see is like us running around an apple orchard in the fall with like overalls and baskets, like wicker baskets. Like I'm really painting the full picture for you guys. Um, <laughs> like wicker baskets, like very like 
Anne of Green Gables-esque, which you'll appreciate, Evie. Um, I appreciate that deeply. <laughs> like just picking picking apples off of the orchard and like putting like one of our boys or our kids or girl, well, I don't even care. I just, it wasn't that specific, but just like putting one of our kids on our shoulders to like get the apple from the branch. And like, for some reason, I honestly can't wait for that to come true. Like, cause mm. that's always been the image in my mind of like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Which was so weird because at the same time, growing up and in high school and college, like I wanted to like have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Like I wanted to walk red carpets. So like I had this like dual duality of like what I wanted my life to look like, which by the way, you could absolutely have both of those things in your life. Just because if you are a celebrity or like walk red carpets doesn't mean that you can't go to apple orchards with your children um, <laughs> or vice versa. But um, it was just weird. It was just like this this like underlying like, oh, that's really what I want. But I wasn't actually like addressing that. I'd be like, oh, I don't want kids. They're messy. They they like make a mess. They ruin your life. Like they make your car messy. I have to pick up and like, I think it was just that I was like believing the lie that like, oh, if I have kids, I my entire life has to be consumed with them. Because um, I think equal to that, I would always like go to people's houses that had kids. And I think the only normal that I was seeing was like your house was in chaos. There would just be like, plastic toys that were multicolored all shloon <laughs> shloon is that the word shloon shloon around the house um, <laughs> I would just see like like all all the things like flown around the house like it was a chaos it was messy and I looked at that and I was like ooh, absolutely not like I want my life to be prim and proper and clean and like put together and that just seemed like chaos and then chaos seemed messy and like when I saw that I was like oh you just spend your entire your life stuck in that and you don't get anything done and again for the Enneagram 3 that like is performance and achievement driven that to me was like oh kids prevent you from accomplishing your goals okay good don't want any like that was where I was at um, and honestly, up until like a, like a year or so ago, that was still my mindset. Like even after we got married, I always knew that I wanted kids. And I, again, had that apple orchard picture in my head, but I, there was a disconnect between actually like accepting the fact that like, in order to get to the apple orchard picture, I have to like get pregnant. <laughs> like I have to like get, I have to make moves and actions in my in my life to get to that picture. And so this is like TMI, but like, this is where we're at on the podcast. We're friends, y'all. If you're listening, we're just like sitting down for coffee and you're getting the real and the raw. Um, so when we got married, um, I used birth control. I used an IUD and I, I did that cause we, we had prayed about it so much and we were like, okay, let's, we wanted to wait five years before we started trying for kids. Like that was what we had agreed on. And we had that that principle in place with the knowledge that if God wanted us to have kids before that, he would make it happen because like God can do anything. And so that's kind of where we were at when we got married. Um, and then we moved to Hawaii and insert my friend, Sina Nelson, which I'm going <laughs> to plug her because if you don't follow her, freaking go follow her. It's at Sina E. Nelson. You can find her. Um, <laughs> she, we became friends with her. And at the time she had when I first met her, she had two kids and was pregnant with one. And now she has three kids and no, four kids and probably will be pregnant with a fifth any day now. <laughs> <at her rate. laughs> but we became friends with them. And I all of a sudden like saw an example of a mom that was like, I don't know, just like was so different than every example that I had seen. Like she had like 
incredible style. Like she had an aesthetic, which I was like so about. And like just watching her like be a mom day in and day out. And like, yes, there were chaotic moments, but like, I don't know, just the way that she parented, like it didn't take over her life. And it like, I didn't realize until that moment that if you have kids that doesn't have to consume your entire life and like make you as a person disappear unless you choose so. Mm. Um, And so that was like the first time I saw that example. And I think God just like slowly started using Cena as a, as, as like a little chip to like chip away that like the, the wall that I had around my heart about motherhood, Um, just like being friends with her and seeing her as, as an example and like going to her house day in and day out. I was like, oh, this is actually, this can be beautiful. Um, and like a beautiful mess, but like beautiful, like it's not always perfect, but Cena, yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, we would go over to her house and like, she was still in the midst of like growing her Instagram business. Like she's freaking slaying it with influencer marketing and just watching her do that while also being like a parent was incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in, I'm trying to think of the year, I think it was in March of, I'm just going real deep, real deep, real Um, deep, real fast. Let's go. Yeah. In March of 2008, 18, 18, yeah. In March of 2018, we made the active choice to remove my IUD, which was earlier than, I think it was like a five-year or a three-year. I don't know what. Anyways, um, and we basically removed it before it needed to actually come out because they last for so long, depending on which one you get. But uh, we removed it. like at, And like I remember I did not want to do that. Like I was still kind of a little bit in denial. I was just like, Andrew, you make the appointment because I'm not gonna. Like that kind of thing, like that attitude. And he was just like, I think God's changing my heart. I honestly think he's changing your heart too. And you're just like scared to admit it and scared to take take that step. So he made the appointment. We went and got it removed. And then from that point on, we weren't trying, but we weren't not trying, obviously. (laughs) Um, And the running joke is that like we got pregnant in September of 2018. Yeah, Mm -hmm. 2018. And I'm pretty sure from March to September, I was traveling like a crap ton. And I'm pretty sure that every time I was traveling, I was ovulating. So just jokes on him that I was just gone like every <laughs> Um, So I I honestly don't think it took us super long to conceive. I could be wrong, but I'm I'm pretty certain um that that's how it happened. And so then we got pregnant and um I'm pretty sure. Brady's episode airs before this one. So y'all probably have heard of how, if we told the story on that episode, how uh, I got, uh, we found out we were pregnant. Um, But yeah, we found out in October of 2018. And I just remember like seeing that stick that was like two plus signs or I don't know how, I can't remember two lines or a plus sign or whatever the heck. Um, And I literally like my jaw just dropped because like I knew I was like in a season of transition and ready, like getting ready for that. But like it, it doesn't really hit you until you see it like like on a stick and you're like, oh, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like <laughs> it's here. Um, and I just remember being like, like in a slight panic, but also like, oh my gosh, okay, my life is changing. My life is changing. What am I doing? What am I doing? Um, and I don't know, God just like completely blew open the doors in that season of like nine months of being pregnant well, friggin' like 10 months. Cause Oh Lord, I can tell my birth story, uh, maybe later or maybe <laughs> on this podcast if you ask me, but, um, like just who it was, it was so good. Like I needed that whole season of pregnancy just to dive deep with God and to like have him open the doors of just like my mindset of being a mom and just everything. And so now I have had a baby. 
Her name is Eloise. We have one and I'm so excited for more. Like the fact that I'm saying that, and if you would have known me in, in high school or college, like where I was the girl that was like, oh, I never want kids. Like it just, God has like worked in my mind so incredibly. And just being on the other side, like I am so excited to grow up and, and be a mom, but also have a career and show Eloise that like, just because you're a mom doesn't mean that you have to let your dreams die or vice versa. If you are a mom and that is your absolute end goal, that's okay. That's beautiful. You don't need to have more just because the world says you have more. And I can talk all about that later, but, um, that's kind of where I'm at now. I have a kid and I have a business and I'm, I'm thriving. I hope at both. (laughs) You are, you're doing so good. You're crushing it. And it's so fun as like your best friend, like basically your sister, um, to like see you navigating all of these different seasons and like changing and growing and falling in love with your baby and crushing it as a mom and a business owner and a friend. And it's just, it's so fun to be like right hand, like front row seat to all of this. Um, and I want to like, I want to put in just two cents on like literally everything that you just shared. Like to me as an outsider and as, you know, a, a, want to be mom someday. Um, just kind of hearing you like talk, the biggest takeaway that I just got from like everything that you said is comparison kills like legit. Mm -hmm. And it's because like you're, you're comparing you, especially as like you were growing up, you were comparing all these other, you know, families and moms to, you know, what you wanted. And you were like, well, I like, I don't want that. I'm not going to do that. And you were, you were real, not realizing that, um, it's possible to be different and to be mm. your own person. And so that comparison was just killing that idea of being a mom. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think I want to hear a little bit, cause I know so many of our listeners are curious about this because you did say like you are crushing it as a mom and as a business owner and a businesswoman, um, running several different businesses and just consistently growing at the speed of light. Um, So what have you learned about finding like balance so far with having a baby and having a business? Like what has been a game changer for you in finding that balance? I think first and foremost, giving myself grace. Um, I don't work near as much as I did before Eloise. Um, And that's okay. I think I've also learned to be more intentional with work instead of like before I... I would probably work like 15 hour days and get like barely anything done because I was like doing shallow work of just like bouncing from one thing to the other to the other. And I know you're a super fan of the book Deep Work. um, And I'm reading it now because I was like, I need this in my life. Freaking mega fan. Yeah, because (laughs) I, I need to learn to get into the deep work zone of like going deep and like focusing and zoning in on one task when she's like asleep or when Mm -hmm. I have a babysitter or something like that. And so it's, it's honestly just balancing like, and, and utilizing her her nap times, utilizing when Andrew's home and he can watch her or utilizing when I have a babysitter come. Like literally right now, she's outside in the living room with a babysitter while we batch record like a bunch of podcasts. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's a myriad of a bunch of different things. But overall, it's giving myself grace to know that, hey, if I don't get as much done as I did before, that's okay. But I think something interesting that is happening is that because I am more intentional with working like and chugging out like a ton in a short amount of time because I don't have as much time. I think ironically, I 
technically I'm getting like more done, which Mm -hmm. tends to happen when you do like deep work that's intentional and focused versus just like bouncing from task to task. Um, and then another thing is like not being afraid to bring her with, like not being afraid to like, I I don't think I would, I would never show up to a wedding like with her. (laughs) That would be a little bit too much. But like, if I have a mentor session, I probably might bring her along and like being like, hey, I, this is the season of life that I am. I can still give you. And again, you might not be able to, I might not be able to do that if she was a different child. Like it totally depends, Mm -hmm. but it's being flexible. It's being okay with maybe bringing her along, giving her to a babysitter, like figuring out that, but then also just ultimately giving yourself grace, I think is key. Yeah. That's so good. I think that's so important just in any season of life. And it's really, cool to just kind of see like you can build that those habits of like being flexible and focusing on deep work and giving yourself breaks so that when you do have a child if like any of our listeners aren't moms yet like me um it's knowing like hey you can actually be preparing to be a badass mom and a badass business owner by you know being very intentional with your time and like yeah scheduling yourself and if you haven't read deep work guys like i am such a believer in it and i it just completely changed my like work life balance um so go read that if any of yeah. you need to well, and I also want to interject one thing, more thing with that topic, um, which kind of counters what I literally just said about like potentially bringing her along if, if I am flexible. I want to say other than that, I typically try to to get away from like the mom guilt because I know that's so powerful and like like having the guilt that like if you're working and you're not like playing with her that you're a bad mom. Like there's Mm -hmm. so much guilt with that. Or there's guilt of if you are being a badass mom and just consistently being with your kids, there's guilt like, oh, my clients are falling to the wayside. Oh, I'm not serving them as best I could. Oh, I'm not working on my business. Like there's, there's guilt that plagues both of those mind thoughts. And for me, it's, it's being strategic to like, when I'm working, I try to like 100% work or when I'm like with her, be 100% with her. So if I'm Mm -hmm. working from like nine to five or whatever hours I set up for myself, I try to be intentional if I can, or even if it's just during nap time, like I'm not just lolly dying around the house. I'm doing intentional work for my business during nap time or during the hours that I have a babysitter or whatever it is. But then when I'm off the clock and when I'm playing with her, I'm there. Like I try not to like be on my phone or just like, like multitasking with her that way. Like I can be an amazing mom and career woman at both, but it's prioritizing and strategizing like each, each one in a certain time. Yeah. Like putting them in their separate compartments. Yeah. So that like you're, you're not spreading it out. So like it's overlapping and it gets convoluted and confusing and you're overwhelmed no matter what you're doing, because you feel like you should probably be doing the opposite. Um, It's being intentional with that time. And I think that's so good. Well, and there's, there has been times when I've had to balance both. Like I just said, um, like literally just the other day, I, I, I don't, I bring her with me if I'm working sometimes. And so we went to me and my intern, uh, went to a coffee shop, um, and I brought her with, and I was just like, you're just going to sleep in your car seat. Cause that's what's, that's what the option is. You're going to do that. Um, <laughs> and she did, but it was a little bit of a shorter nap just because she wasn't in her bed. And so she slept, but then she got up and like, she was screaming and I like had to finish something. I think it was on the phone call with my assistant and she was like needing to like knock some things out from me or needing me to confirm some things. And it was just like, 
crazy because I was literally trying to like feed Elle because she was screaming in the coffee shop and I'm just like shut up please everyone's (laughs) looking um but then also like trying to balance like my phone call with Rachel and just like balancing that and like I was getting so frenzied so even just like coming from an example of from the other side of saying like when you do try to balance both in a hectic way it it doesn't often work because it's like crazy yeah yeah well Lindsay talk to us then kind of like balancing both and like being a career woman and like a mom, I know one of the number one questions that we get as photographers or specifically you have gotten a lot because this happened to you. How did your maternity leave work out with like a really demanding job? Like, especially as a wedding photographer, how did you balance that? Yeah. So, okay. So ironically, so we found out in October of 2018 that we were pregnant and at that time, I had booked maybe like six weddings and they literally all were in June and July of 2019. <laughs> literally all of them. Um, I had nothing booked any other time of the year and all the things booked in those two months. And guess when my due date was? My due date was June 6th. So I was like, well, shiz. Okay. Um, so what we did was I waited until I was 12 weeks just because, again, like the miscarriage rate typically before 12 weeks is a little bit higher. So I didn't want to like do anything rash if, if that wasn't going to turn out, which is a sad reality that kind of like people have to think about. Um, but I waited until I was 12 weeks. Um, and then once I had passed that and we had like had a good ultrasound and everything, um, I, I had heard from a lot of moms that taking a three month maternity leave is so, so good if you can, if you can go that long and like not work that much, which I know isn't a possibility for a lot of people, but for, if you can highly recommend. And I, I, again, I, I say highly recommend that like what it was recommended to me, I am reiterating to you. If you can take a full three months maternity leave, do it because I mean, if you haven't, if you have been a mom, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, like you do not feel like yourself for at least the first like two and they're not sleeping through the night that quickly by any stretch of the imagination. So like you're up like for two months or three months straight. I don't think I got more than three hours of consecutive sleep at all ever. Um, and so if you have to like, if you had to go back and shoot a wedding, like after a month, like, Oh, absolutely not. Oh no. (laughs) Um, again, like you might not be able to, but I, I was just like, I am not willing to sacrifice that. Like, I want to be there for, like, this is my first baby. I want to be a good mom. I want to have those special moments with her for those first three months. And so that's what I did. I I blocked off three months. And so what I did for the weddings that were already there. So like, once I figured out, oh, hey, I was due. I mean, I didn't wait for the 12-week ultrasound for this. The second I figured out that my due date was on June 6th, I blocked off anything. And I said, I am not accepting anything else until after September 1st. Um, that's when I will start accepting bookings again. So from that point, I already blocked it off. And then so what I did for all the things that were already there, I emailed every single bride personally. Um, I maybe should have called them in hindsight. That might have been a better thing to do um, because that's a little bit more personal. So I would maybe recommend that. But I emailed them and I laid it out and I said, hey, um, I just got news. Well, I didn't just get news. Um, I'm 12 weeks along and uh, I figured out that we are pregnant um, and we are due in June 6th in on we're due on June 6th and 
I basically laid it out to my brides because in my contracts, I already have a clause that says like in a life or death situation, I will provide you with an associate shooter that you agree with, that you like, whose work you love and who I like absolutely know will serve you just as well as I can. Um, So I already had it in my contract that like, I wouldn't just cancel the wedding Um, because like, obviously life or death would be like a hospital situation, which is a baby is that. Um, And so some of my brides were a little bit more understandable than others. Some of them were like mega disappointed. Um, Obviously, like they expected me and they're not getting me. Um, And so what I did was I offered them like multiple options of second shooters or not second shooters, associate shooters. Um, So I have like one girl who associates for me like pretty much all the time on Oahu, but I gave them more than just options than just her because I wanted to show them that I was serving them the best way that I could. And so I gave them her as an option. I gave them you as an option. I gave them a bunch of other photographers that I knew would kill it at their wedding day. Mm -hmm. And I also let them know, hey, I am still your photographer in every sense of the imagination every sense of the, every sense of the word. And I'm going to be there helping you plan your wedding. I'm still going to edit your photos. I'm doing every single thing that you're hiring me for other than showing up on that day of, um, Mm. because I physically cannot. Yeah. Um, and so they respected that a ton, like a ton. And the fact that like they, I, I sent them the websites and your Instagrams for all the people that were, that I gave them options for associating. Um, and that way they could kind of get a feel for it. And, that was super helpful. And I know like some of them even like Skyped with them. Like I know the couple that I had a wedding literally on my due date, which was funny. Um, uh, double funny because I didn't go into labor until like a freaking month later, but that's another story. Um, um, but I know like they wanted to Skype you, Evie, because you ended up associating that wedding. Yeah, and like actually, that was super helpful. I asked to Skype them because I was like, I want to build that relationship and like yeah. know them. And that was super helpful. For sure. Um, and so that's what I did. It was, I, I was just, up front with them from the get-go and they respected that. And um, yeah, they, they respected that a ton and that's what we did. And that's pretty much what I did. The, when I stopped, I stopped booking. So I guess another question usually that comes along with this thought is like, when did I stop booking weddings? I intended, so again, my due date was June 6th. I intended to not book anything after mid-May. Um, but I think the Lord was faithful in that. And he just, I just naturally did not get any bookings for me whatsoever. Like nobody inquired, which again was the Lord faithful as always. Um, <laughs> because I mean, I maybe could have done it, but like literally, I don't think I would have wanted to. Like when you're that far along, it's just like you hate everything and everyone. And like, <laughs> you just like, like I can't imagine going off and shooting a wedding. Um, so I'm pretty sure my last wedding was mid-April. And then I had a few sessions at the end of April. And then that was kind of, so I, I stopped a month early, um, which again, I could probably have gone a little bit longer, but I'm just glad I didn't have to. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I think it's so good for photographers to kind of hear like somebody who's literally gone through it where it's like, rough. <laughs> um, but it's doable. Yeah. It's, it's totally. very doable. You just have to like be intentional and be very like upfront with your clients and let them know the situation. Like it's, it's a wonderful, incredible, like magical miracle that you're having a child. And most people are going to understand that. And I think that's something like me as an educator, I've seen so many photographers who are terrified. Like they don't want to book anything because they might be getting pregnant or, um, they get pregnant and they're like scared out of their wits and it's like, no, it'll be okay. Um, if you know, you're trying, you know, and like that, you might want to be a little bit more intentional of like when you're trying or like when you're booking weddings or like whatever. I will say like, 
we didn't plan it again. We were just like going with the flow. But like, guys, if you're a wedding, maybe just maybe just think a little bit about the fact that if you're a wedding photographer specifically, or if you run a business that's very seasonal, like if you're like a shop owner and like the holidays are a super big time for you, maybe just like think a little bit in advance. Uh, unlike me about when your due date could potentially be because like the fact that June and July are like the most prime for weddings. I mean, it turned out so fine, especially in Hawaii. You can get married anytime. So it turned out fine. But like, it was just like low key, like, wow, Lindsay. Okay. (laughs) Way to go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's so good. Okay. Well, I want to pivot just a tiny bit. This is something that I just get massive amusement from. Uh, I want to hear, (laughs) is uh, mom shaming really a thing? And if so, please tell me some wild and funny stories. Oh Lord. I cannot (laughs) tell you, like I saw it happen even before I was a mom. Like I, I remember I was friends with moms on the Island and I would, (laughs) I would be like, storying their kids and like I remember one time I storied like their kid in a car seat just like oh hey we're going on an adventure and literally that my friend got mom shamed through me like literally I like somebody dm'd me and was like hey can you please tell your friend that her kid's car seat like seatbelt isn't like accurately positioned and I was like can you sit down Sharon <laughs> like no like I w- and then I asked her, I was like, is it this bad? And she's like, oh, yeah, no, I never story car seats for that exact reason. Like, because people go freaking nuts. And I'm just like, calm down and live your own life and stay in your own lane and let me do my job as a mother. That's how I feel about mom shaming or just even like unsolicited parenting advice. Unsolicited like, it was- advice. Let's just yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Like, and then I, I got a few others where... I would be dancing, like, because we are, like, known for our dance videos. Um, And, like, 99% of people are, like, amazing and, like, they're so supportive about it. But then I would do some dancing videos, like, when I was, like, very pregnant. Because, again, I'm trying to dance her out. Like, get out of me, child. Um, And, like, I got a few comments that were just, like, wow, you're going to shake her. And I'm, like, no, I'm not. I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm not going to freaking, like, jolt her to the ceiling. Like, I am in control of my body. I know how I'm moving. Calm down. Like, just, like, things like that that are just a little bit, like, meh. Um, I don't know. It's it's fun. But I think mom shaming is a real thing. And because of it, I think I'm just a little bit more careful about, like, when I show her on my stories. Like, I, I pretty much don't show her like in a car seat again because I saw that, how that turned out for my friend. Um, I don't really show her like in her crib because then there's like a whole lot of stuff about like crib etiquette and like, oh, you're going to suffocate her or like whatever the heck. Like, I, like, I know positions. how to parent my baby and I know what's safe for her. I know it's not. And like everyone else can sit down and go home. That's how I feel. Um it's just like, worry about your own kid. And if you're not a mom and you're still giving unsolicited parenting advice, then really sit the hell down. <laughs> but I say. Um, oh, I knew you'd have some gems to say about oh, that man. one. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, Heart Fam. We had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. 
It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part. <laughs> HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. Okay, Lindsay, talk to us about your journey with breastfeeding. I know that can be hard, especially as a working mom. So I'm sure a lot of the moms out there or the audience out there is wondering about that breastfeeding journey. Yeah, for sure. So mine has been interesting. Um, Right home after birth, home after birth, right when we like first started breastfeeding, um, she had a little bit of trouble latching. And I mean, obviously, like if you've never had been a mom before and you're just like, what the heck is happening? Um, You just don't know anything. And I remember just like being frustrated, like that we weren't getting it or that she would like start latching and then like break off and like just be fussy. And I didn't know if that was normal or not, because like, again, you don't really know what anybody else is like going through and people don't often talk about these things. Um, and so we had a little bit of latching trouble in the beginning. And then for a while there, we had like a really good stride. And I like, I prided myself on like being like, awesome with breastfeeding. I was like, oh yeah, I'm killing it. She's getting nutrients. It's great. Um, (laughs) Nutrients? I said that weird. Nutrients. (laughs) Um, And it was just amazing. And then um, we took a trip to San Diego and I didn't bring any like pumping thing or anything. Like I was just like, hey, well, I'm here with her. Like she can just suck off me. That's great. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) And that whole trip, like, I fed her just from my breasts. And (laughs) we're getting real deep, guys. Oh, my God. And we noticed on that trip, she was doing it, like, a little bit before. But on that trip specifically, she would, like, start screaming just, like, every time we breastfed. Like, every time she would scream. And, like, I didn't do – I like, it didn't bring anything. Like, it didn't – like, that was just the only way. And so – she was screaming and I was like, I thought it was because of my milk. Like, oh, I must have be, I must be drinking spicy food, drinking, I must be eating spicy food or I must be like drinking milk or maybe it was something with like the milk itself. Cause oftentimes they tell you, oh, sometimes you might have to cut something out like dairy or gluten or whatever. And so I figured it was one of those things. Um, and so I tried cutting like dairy out for like a few days and it still wasn't working. Although sometimes they tell you that like you need to do it for a few weeks and I just was not that patient. Um, <laughs> um, just to see if it has an effect on the actual breast milk. But we, we were just, I was just so confused because it, she would still drink, like she would drink for a first, like the first few minutes and then like start fussing then. So I was like, well, if it was a quality of the milk, you would think that she'd start screaming the second that she would suck because 
the quality would be like whatever she didn't like. But it was it was that she would suck and then like after two to three minutes, then she would start screaming. So then we talked to our midwife and pediatrician and we were like, what is happening? Um, like, why is she doing this? And so we kind of like, like did a few exercises and my midwife had me because I was creating a stash, especially as a wedding photographer, like creating a stash was so important to me because I was like, I need such a big backup of, of, uh, of stuff for when I go to a wedding day. Like I need, I need milk for days in the fridge or the freezer. Um, so, um, she had me do an exercise one day where like I was breastfeeding her and Elle started fussy or fussing. And so then she was like, okay, I want you to thaw out a thing of milk and give it to her in a bottle, um, like old breast milk. And so I did that and then she was fine. So it wasn't like, obviously that, like I was still eating dairy when I had frozen that milk or pumped that milk. So it wasn't the quality we realized, okay, she was like, well, she's not getting like a good, like quality. She's, she's fussing because there's not enough. She's like her, her need for more food is growing while your supply seems to be dwindling. Um, and so that was hard for me because I was, I was getting more stressed about the fact that like, well, not only do I, am I not producing enough right now for her, but I'm also not producing enough to create a stock. And so I was like, well, as a working mom, I need a stock, like that's non-negotiable, but also I need her or like, I need to feed her right now. And there was like a month in there that I was just like in a panic because I was like, I don't want to go to formula. Like I had this like such not hate, but just like disdain for formula. Cause I was like, Oh, breast is best. And like, which is not true. But like I, you get in like, especially as a mom, you're like, if I can't feed my child, then like I'm worthless or like, I, I, I'm not cut out for this because I can't. Um, and it just plays with your mind so much, especially just because it's like, you feel like you want to do something. And so I tried everything under the sun. Um, for like a week or two to up my milk supply. Like I tried the cookies. I tried like supplements. I tried pumping like every two hours. Um, I tried pumping immediately after I would breastfeed her just to like increase the milk production. And like every nothing happened, like nothing would work. Literally, mm. it, it was just like soul sucking. And then also at this time I had started like working again. So I'm trying to balance like pumping every two hours while also watching her while also trying to run a business. And I was like, what is like, nothing's happening. So then we talked with our pediatrician and she was just talking and she was like, Hey, here's, here's some options that we could like, we could try supplementing with formula. And she was all bougie and was like, let's, she's like, let's do goat milk formula. Let's not do cow milk. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Cause apparently goat milk is like better for you or something like that. Um, <laughs> I love that you're uh, just like, or something like that. I, don't know. I mean, I, I believe it is, it, but it's just funny. Um, and so we, we started like supplementing a little bit. Like if like I would feed her every two to three hours. Um, and then whenever she started fussing at my breasts, which indicated that like it, it was like not giving her enough anymore. Um, we would just like finish her up and top her off with goat milk. Nice. Um, and so that's what we did. And then for a while, like, like breast milk continued to like, or like feeding, I continued to feed her with my breasts. How many times am I going to say the dang word of breast? <laughs> um, and eventually like it just started like getting even. And I honestly think it was because I, the second that you start formula, I feel like you almost become lazy, which is not bad. Like you, but you do like, it's the truth of like, I probably could have continued breastfeeding if I literally 
pumped every single two hours, including at night, and got no more than two consecutive hours at night. Like, I could have maybe continued it a little bit longer or just, like, went longer or continued in general. But I got to the point where I was losing my mind. And I was like, I am not being a happy mom for her by, by like, stressing this much. Like, stressing this much over my, my supply, like, diminishes your pl- supply even more. Like, you need to be relaxed and, like, zen and chill or whatever the heck <laughs> people say. Um, like, like, milk is going to come out easier if you were relaxed and chill. And I just was stressing so much about it. And I wasn't being, like, a good mom in the sense of, like, I was freaking out. And I was, like, not being happy and not, like being the happy mom that she needs me to be. And so I got to the point that me and my husband were just like, we need to call it. Like, let's just go to formula. And that's what we did about like just under a month ago. So it's still pretty fresh. Um, Actually, no, less than a month ago because I was still breastfeeding her before we went to Seattle for the workshop. Um, And when we went to Seattle for the workshop, that's when I was like, okay, like I didn't, I didn't breastfeed her at all. It was just like straight bottle, um, which was so hard. And I know so many moms probably out there can relate to this. Just like the struggle of feeling like you're a failure as a mom because you can't supply the food that like God intended for your baby. But the thing is like that I just had to get over myself and realize that yes, fed is best. I know people say fed is best and breast is best and whatever the heck everyone says everything, but it's true. Like she is happy. She is healthy. I am happy. I am healthy. And now this is what works best for us. And like, I got so in my head because I was like, Andrew, like I didn't make it to a year like everyone else does. And he's like, no, you didn't, but you made it to three months. And that's, that's amazing. And like, you need to like applaud yourself for that. Mm. Um, and especially just, I think, I don't know, it's just been such a journey of giving myself grace again, even in this season, knowing that I am enough, even if my child is fed by formula, that's totally fine. Just giving yourself grace and knowing that like you are the best mom that you can be. And like I was made, like somebody told me this and like I almost cried because I was like, they were like, Lindsay, you are the exact mom that Eloise needs. Like you, Mm. because God gave her to you. And like no matter how you feed her, no matter how she's getting her nourishment, like as long as you show up and you are there for her and you're happy and you're healthy, she's happy and she's healthy. Like, and that's what I had to remember is that like, you're not a failure if, if you're, if you can't breastfeed or even if you choose to go to formula and you're just not even like that you want to. I was upset for a while because I was like, it felt like it was being taken from me because it wasn't a choice to stop. It was like every single thing under the sun didn't work. Um, and so it, I just eventually just like gave into that and gave up control of like trying to like, uh, like force every single situation to happen and just be like, Hey, this is what we're doing. And honestly, it works really well for this, for our lifestyle now, just because I I do work and it's really, really nice to be able to, if I have to have like do something in that moment, I can hand the bottle to somebody else and be like, Hey, could you feed her for a second? Like I'm not forced to do that, but it was so hard. Like it was really, really hard just because I wanted to be the mom that breastfed for like a year or more. Like I wanted to do that and it just felt like it was being taken or it was taken from me. Um, So I know a lot of people out there can probably relate, but honestly, like however you want to feed your child is best. Like if it's, if it's breast, that's amazing. Like if you want to go as long as you can, that's amazing. If you want to do formula right away, that's amazing. Like I just think it's, it's so important for people to know that like you're not a failure if you chose formula over over a bottle or sorry over the breast or if you were forced to go to formula or if you want to breastfeed for 
ever and like have that bond, that's amazing. Like you don't have to go to formula. Just like, I don't know, like moms, you do you. And like, I don't know, that's just what I learned and it works really well for us. That's great. I love it. And it's been fun to like kind of watch you on the journey and like just see the way you've handled that like mental hurdle that you were dealing with when like your supply was dwindling and you were like super frustrated and upset and to kind of see where you are now and be like, Hey, my baby's doing great. And you know what? The bottle's actually super nice right now. And I'm thankful for that. Like, it's just been fun as your friend to see you going through that. Oh, thank you. Love you. Um, so next question, (laughs) you are obviously still very active in your career. Duh. Um, do you send Eloise to daycare or do you keep her at home and why? So I don't. Right now, at least, I keep her at home, mainly because she's she's small and I want to, like, treasure these tiny moments or these special moments, like, when she is that little. And, like, because I can. Like, I have a job that does, uh, that I am blessed enough to give me the flexibility to work the hours that I want to work or take a day off just because I want to. Um, Like, I'm blessed and I know that, the fact that I can do that. And so I... I right now um don't I don't want to take her to daycare. I don't want to like have a babysitter come every single day. I really enjoy my time alone with her. And again, the way I balance that is just like chugging out work either during nap time or having like once a week a babysitter come, which is super helpful. Like today, Mondays are our podcast batch day, so that's why a babysitter's here right now um watching her. But then um when Andrew's home like sometimes what we'll do is I'll watch her in the morning and like I might get a little bit of work done like here and there during nap time but then when he gets home he like is on it is on the go or like on the go what am I trying to say he is like on, he's call. on dad duty on, on dad duty that's what I'm trying to say yeah <laughs> he's on dad duty and so he takes over and then that way I have like a few like three to four hours of like intentional work where I don't have to like worry about anything um and so then that's been super helpful to balance it in that way um but yeah that's it's, it's hard like (laughs) to, uh, to do it. But the reason I'm not doing daycare right now is just because I want to treasure those moments with her. And like, I don't want to sacrifice it yet just because I like, I love that time alone with her and like, she's amazing. And like, honestly, even when she's awake, sometimes I'm still able to work and just like, she chills on the floor and like plays with her toys. It's amazing. Aw. Well, then what do you do when you travel? Um, cause I know a lot of mamas out there who already have babies or who want to have babies. Um, are like concerned about traveling with babies or whatever. And I know that was something that you were like concerned about too. So give us your thoughts on that. Yeah. So right now I'm bringing her with, which I'm able to do because she's so young and she's relatively easy. She doesn't like crawl around yet. And she doesn't like have super a lot of of an opinion, (laughs) like where she just like is high maintenance. Um, So right now I am bringing her, like I literally just got back from the Seattle workshop for the heart, um, our heart workshop, which, you know, she was there. I brought her with, which a lot of people were like, wait, you're bringing your baby to your workshop. Or they were like, well, how are you going to teach like an education workshop with a child on your hip? And I'm like, I'm going to show you how, um, (laughs) I, I brought her. And when I had like a session or when I had to be on, I either gave her to you or to our assistant, Rachel to hold, Mm -hmm. um, And just, like, having those people in your corner, like, was super helpful. If I had a destination wedding, though, I haven't had to do this yet, but I will next year, so I'm going to figure it out as I go. But if I had a destination wedding and Andrew wasn't available, I would probably, I would either, like, hire a nanny for the week or, like, a close friend or a family member. Family member is always the best, but we live in Hawaii, which is not close to family. Um, 
And I could technically like fly a family member out, but I know everyone else is probably not in that financial like state to be able to do that. Um, so what I would recommend is either having your kid stay with like close friends for the week or even the weekend that you're traveling um, or having your family watch them while you're gone or having your spouse watch them while you're gone. Um, but honestly, if Andrew is available to travel with me, then I would probably bring both of them. And then while I'm at the wedding, he would just watch her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a myriad of, of options that we're going to tackle in, in this coming year, this 2020 year, um, as I'd travel more for weddings. So right now I'm bringing her, I probably won't bring her everywhere in the future just because of logistics. Yeah. I kind of want to touch on a tiny bit, like the two extremes of like mom shaming or motherhood guilt, or just like you and I were talking about this recently, just in like one of our like friendship chats. And I think that this is something that would fit in so well here and that we should like really talk about. Um, And you and I were calling them like the two camps. Do you want to talk about that a little bit on this episode and like kind of bring people into like what that looks like as a mom? Yeah, totally. I think there's like two different types of viewpoints and they conflict each other. Uh, There's the one that is like kind of, kind of like what we're dealing with now in this culture of like, oh, you don't work. You're just a stay at home mom. Like there's that mindset of like your worth as a woman is diminished if you only are a mom and you don't work or have a career on the other side, like with that. So that's one camp of thought. And then the other one which is, I think, more of an older mindset of like, oh, moms are supposed to be a homemaker. They're supposed to stay in the house. And then basically you're scum of the earth if you do work. So it's like, it's like these two camps of thought are like always conflicting with each other. And it's like, like it's as women, as moms, like we can never win because if we're, if we're stay at home moms and don't work, oh, then you, you don't have a career. Oh, like you don't have a life. Right. You're, you don't have a life. Or if you do have a career and you do have a child, it's like, oh, you should really stay home with your child. Like they're, they're getting neglected if you have a career. And it's like, you can't win. Like it's literally these two camps of thought that's like, it's impossible to please anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something that like you and I were chatting about because you put up an Instagram post recently, right? Yeah. Well, so I, I shared this post and the intention of the post was to share because I, w- I was sharing the fact that like, hey, I brought Eloise to the, our workshop in Seattle with me. And all the all it was was just an encouragement for the women out there that want to do both, that want to ha- be a career woman and also have kids. It was an like, encouragement to say, hey, coming from the other side, you can do both. And it was basically like, a, a hey, I wish I would have read this when I was 18 and believed that I could never be a mom because I wanted a career. It was it was for that that person that wanted those. And I had so many people that were like, so praise handsing that, that, that caption. But then I had a lot of people that were like, so angry. Cause they were like, Hey, if you're just a stay at home mom, then like, you're not unworthy. Like they thought that my caption was calling just stay at home mom, which that's not just like, that's incredible. If you're a stay at home mom, like you are doing the best job in the world. You're raising world changers. Like that's incredible. Um, but they were, they were thinking that like that caption was like a general thought of like, oh, if you don't have a career, then you suck, which Mm. I was not saying that at all. I was just speaking that you, hey, you can do both if you want both. But if you don't want both, that's amazing. Like 
do you. That's, I don't know. It was just a struggle because it's like you can never win when you're talking about that topic. And I, like you and I both, like I have such strong opinions on this, even though I'm not a mom. (laughs) Um, Like I just, I believe so strongly in like this whole topic in general. Um, But it was, you and I were both talking about it and it's just, neither one is, is gospel truth. Like you can be an incredible mom and also like be doing something else. Like you can also have like a career. And I think that just varies for like every single person of like what that looks like. Um, and like for, you know, you Lindsay, and ideally for me, when I do get to have kids, um, it's, it looks a lot like still being able to give 100% to your kids. And like, I'm in this season of building my businesses up to the point where, my child will be my 100% priority. And I know that's where you are, Lindsay, of like, Eloise comes first, period. Like, no matter what, your child's first and you have that flexibility of like, she comes above my work, like, no matter what. Um, And that's just like, you know, you can do that. You can have a business, but your child still come first. Like, and you can also um, have God call you to be a world changer raising like life changing like the most incredible mother nurturer believer like uh, there is nothing in this world and this is my personal opinion i'm sorry if this offends anybody but there is nothing in this world that compares to being a mother nothing and yeah. if if that's what you want to do like that's what i wanted to do for so many years like that was that and to to this day nothing has changed that that is the ultimate calling that i could have as a woman of god and as a woman is to mm. raise up the next generation of people to be strong powerful men and women of god who are going to change this world and change this culture and nothing will ever compare to that job that I'm going to get to have, Lord willing, (laughs) to raise up that next generation. And so if that's what you're passionate about, then that is more than enough. That is one of the most incredible ultimate callings you will ever have, ever. And I just want to make sure that is so clear on this episode because Lindsay is 100% in agreement. I don't even have to ask her that. That, (laughs) There is nothing in this world that compares to being a mother. And so if that's what you want, like that's what your mission is, in life is, that is the best gosh dang mission you will ever have in life. Like I have nothing else to say to that. And I want to throw in here, like my mom sacrificed so much to be a stay-at-home mom. Like she had so much going for her. She could have been like, my mom is literally super mom. Like she is my best friend. She is like, (laughs) Lindsay will attest to this. Like my mom is the most incredible woman. Like Lindsay loves my mom, like life-changing mother. Um, she could be whoever the heck she wanted to be in life. Like she is just incredible. And she chose, like she knew and she never wanted to be this way. My mom was like, like raging feminist. Like when she was in like college, like was not, she was like, you are like, she told my dad, sorry, this is just like a personal story, but I think this is hilarious. Right. She told my dad when my dad was trying to pursue her, um, she was like, Jim, you want some nice, like domestic, like 
pretty girl who's just gonna stay at home and raise your babies for you, and that's not me. And she had, like, buzz, like, spiky hair, never shaved her legs, like, wore, like, shorts without, like, shaving her legs because she was like, no man's gonna tell me how, like, I should look. And, like, legit, that was my mom. And then God just completely wrecked her heart, like, and and she stayed home and raised all four of us kids, homeschooled us, like, the most incredible, like, mother I could have ever asked for. And I would not be who I am today if it weren't for my mom. Like, if it weren't for my mom and my dad, I'm not taking my dad out of this, but I know this is, like, motherhood. She, like, I legit... She has completely shaped who I am. She has molded all of us kids into the world changers that we are, who are confident, who are secure, who like there is nothing that I am doing now that I don't owe in one way or another, if not entirely, to my mother. And like, so I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, like there is nothing more powerful than being a mother raising up the next generation. And mm-hmm. I like, ugh, I've, I could go on, but I just had no, to I'm, put that in I'm, there. <laughs> I am of the same opinion. I mean, my mom also like stay at home mom just like raised me up. And I, 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 again, agree. Like if you are a stay at home mom, if, if we ever like posting or sharing like, Hey, you can do both. Like that is not to take away from you. And like, like Abby was saying, like, that is the most incredible job in the world. Like, even though I'm having a career, like I, I want to homeschool our kids because I don't trust the friggin' world to (laughs) educate them. Um, Preach same. I mean, real talk, but, um, like you, God, I could just go on and on, but like, if you're listening to this and you're like, I feel guilty for not having a career but you don't, you genuinely want to be a mom. That is the most beautiful thing in the world. So hold on to that. It is, it is incredible. So if ever we say like, Hey, you can do both because again, this episode is titled motherhood and a career. Yes. Cause I'm so passionate about for me, like I want to do both. And I think that's going to make me an amazing mom that does not discredit you for mm-hmm. being a stay at home mom or being a single mom. And also just the, the fact of like a lot of people when they are a single home, a stay at home mom, um, and someone asks, hey, what do you do? The sentence is always, oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. And they insert that word just, and it's like, get that uh, freaking just out of your vocabulary. You are not just a stay-at-home mom. You are a stay-at-home mom, comma, CEO. <laughs> <laughs> like, you are in charge of raising the next generation, and there is freaking power in that. So hold on to that. Um, yeah. So yeah, just stepping on to what, to what you said, because that's yeah. incredible. Um, and yeah, like, that's that's amazing. I, I want to like add in too that I think like Lindsay and I, you and I both are being very strategic and very intentional to build our businesses and our like quote unquote empires now to the place where like my goal and I, I'm pretty sure like yours is identical. My goal is to have like my empire running like full steam ahead, consistently just like changing the world, impacting, like making a difference with my team running it. And I am able to be involved like maybe like two to three days a week like and otherwise I'm like homeschooling my kids I'm with my family like that's my goal and that's what I'm really working towards now and that kind of circles way back to goal setting but mm-hmm. it, that that's something that like that's a big part of why I'm like working so much and so hard now and like I'm like just like pumping stuff out is because I know exactly where I'm going and like by the time I get married and like I'm ready to start having kids and like get pregnant like that's my dream I want to be able to have my business running full steam ahead 
head, but I'm able to be 1000% present with my kids. And I know that like, that's something for you too. So you're able to do both if you want to. It's it's just being strategic with how you do it and managing like that time and that intentionality with building that, that business and that brand. Mm, yes. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. I'm going to pivot a tiny bit more again. Um, okay. I just have a couple of like rapid fire questions for you um, that I, <laughs> I want to hear. Uh, so what is the grossest or the funniest thing that Eloise has done so far? Um, grossest would probably be spitting up uh, some like I swear she waits to spit up until I'm like holding her above my head so that I have to like dodge the spit up <laughs> from going into my mouth like it, <laughs> literally I picked her up and like swooped her up like almost like an airplane like right above my he- face and then it like fell right on like my shoulder oh. and I was like oh girl that was so close into being on my face which I would not have appreciated I actually um, so I have I- an interjection here um because when you came to visit this is like just like freaking of course um, oh yeah that's <laughs> I picked Elle up and I like, like bent down and like picked her up from the ground or something. And like the, the second I picked her up and she like hadn't even eaten. I'd like burped her like, like right after she eaten, whatever. She shouldn't have been like spitting up. But of course I picked her up and it like straight down my shirt, like, like did not even touch like my shirt. Like it was just like straight down like my V-neck. And I was like, like looked down and it was just like all <laughs> over my chest, my stomach. Like, and I was like, oh, that's impressive because <laughs> that hasn't even happened to me yet. So that's impressive. Oh my gosh, mom life. Anyways, funniest yeah. thing that Elle has done so far. Funniest thing I think is when she like coos or like smiles at strangers, like on airplanes. She is like the talk of the town. She is the star of the show on airplanes, like, or just anywhere in public that she is, literally, because she's so freaking cute. I swear she's the cutest baby. And I know I'm her mom, so I'm biased, but I also think I would still think she was the cutest, even if I was a stranger, because like never have seen a cuter baby than her in my life. <laughs> and also, I try to intentionally dress her so that she's like especially cute. And so then when we're in public, people like see her and they're like, oh, so cute. And then she's just like really good with strangers. So then she'll give them her like thousand watt smile. Anybody seen Life Size? No? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> people that have seen that movie will show me your thousand watt smile. They'll get that reference. Anyways, um, so she, <laughs> she like shows them like uh, – such a sweet smile and it's like the cutest thing in the world and then she like coos and then they're like fall in love and I'm like yeah I made a cute baby I know oh my gosh I love it okay last question for you and this one's this one's really important so you got to answer this correctly okay okay perfect um who's her favorite aunt oh lord (laughs) well I don't I don't have any siblings so obviously you okay perfect (laughs) okay great all right. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. Oh my gosh, um, so glad to be here. I just so appreciate you taking the time. And I know like you know, our listeners are just going to like get their minds blown from like all of this goodness. Now, if people want to follow up with you, where can they find you? Okay. Well, perfect. So you can find me on Instagram where I'm hanging out most at Mrs. Lindsay Roman. Um, I'm sure they'll include it in the show notes. Great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we will. I, ever since you don't, I don't think you've seen the movie Life Size, but ever since I said that, now I have the freaking Life Size song stuck in my head. I just gotta sing it for like a hot second. Hold on. Like, Eve's great. No matter where she goes, dress her up. From a hand to a toes. You you not haven't seen that movie, have you? No, I have not. I just made a ton of people so happy because <laughs> just, we're gonna get comments on that that are gonna be like, 
Life size. Tyra Banks is so great. Lizzie Lohan. Oh okay. My anyways, gosh. do I need to watch it? Is it good? You, it's a very good movie. Yeah, it's great. Okay. Okay. Cool. Basically, Next. Lindsay Lohan. No, don't tell me the story. Well, I'm, I was telling the synopsis. Okay, never mind. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Barbie. You know this from the cover of the movie. Her Barbie doll comes to life, and it's Tyra Banks, and it's awesome. That's it. Okay. Cool. I'll. I'll, I'll watch it. Although the last time you recommended a movie from my childhood, I hadn't enjoyed it in my childhood, so I didn't enjoy it in my adulthood. I'm sorry. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Which one was it? Lizzie McGuire. Oh my gosh, I can't. <laughs> I, she didn't enjoy the Lizzie McGuire movie, guys. She did not enjoy it. Who it was, I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't hate it. It was just like, you heathen. <laughs> if you, I fell asleep during it, which I never oh. fall, ever fall asleep during movies, like ever, like I, ever. I just became everyone's favorite, just, just from this. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, my bad. Well, Lindsay doesn't like Anne of Green Gables, so, huh, that no takes one, her out no of one favor. Does. <gasps> That's not true. Anyways. Okay. Guys, if you want to be a part of this uh, banter and awkward randomness, then feel free to pop on over to our Facebook community group for the Heart and Hustle podcast. If you are moms out there crushing mom life, if you're mom out there crushing mom and work life, come on over and join the conversation over there. We'd love to hear what you thought of today's episode. Um, Lindsay and I are hanging out over there as well. And you know where to find Lindsay on the gram. You can find me on the gram at Evie Rupp. Or you can find the Heart uh, University on Instagram as well. But we love you guys. And we hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we will catch you next week. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Love you. Bye. Bye.